0: Hey everyone, on today's episode, Alex and I are talking about taking imperfect action and how it's helped my dad and how it's helped my business because every single time I do it, it works out beautifully in the end. Check it out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Contractor Growth Network. I'm Logan. And I'm Alex. And today we're talking all about the idea of, what's one of our principles, it's speed over perfection, but it's. Long story short, it's taking imperfect action, so Alex, to kick it off to you, what does taking
1: imperfect action mean? Uh, it means going through with something or doing something even though you're not confident that you're ready yet or it's out of your it's out of your comfort zone just going ahead and doing it and getting that first foot in the door or whatever you want to call it to you know push yourself in that direction so you can eventually get comfortable and confident in it so what's Give me some pros of taking imperfect action. Um, I think it's like a good learning experience. You know, everyone, it, it, it kind of uh, conquers a fear. You know, for example, if uh, for me, if I've never shot a wedding before and I want to go shoot a wedding, it's, you know, that fear of oh, I've never shot this. I'm going to screw up their perfect day because I don't know anything. That's what prevents you from doing it. But if I just say, screw it, I'm just going to go and learn. The experience you're going to get from what a three hour wedding or whatever it is, is way more than you just overthinking it, and fearing and waiting two years because you think you need some like, you know, you need to be better at shooting cameras or whatever, because you just got to go, you know, balls to the wall and go in. That's that's what imperfect action is, basically.
0: So let's go flip side cons. What's the cons of taking imperfect
1: action? I guess the cons would be that you're definitely not ready. Um, I think you have to know yourself. So for the same example for weddings, if I, it's the first time I pick up a camera and I'm going to go shoot, you know, a wedding, probably not ready for that. It'd probably go a little step down. But if you've been doing this for a few years, then you're ready. But um, I think just kind of not preparing at all and kind of like not knowing yourself, not having, you know, self-awareness, that's kind of a con. Um, and you know that boss to the wall mentality might work sometimes but there's a lot of times you also get exposed that you're definitely not ready for it
0: so for you you're so i mean these these company values that we have at cgn one of them is speed over perfection um you know and it's the other another one is action oriented so and the thing with these values they're not just the company values they're the values that i personally live my life through which is why they're the company values, right? Because you you can't have values. This is what I learned. You can't have values that you want to have, or you think the team should have. If you as the owner or the CEO, whoever, you don't believe in the values yourself, then it's going to be obvious. And when you don't fulfill the values, then everybody else kind of follows suit. It's like, if you show up to work every day and you have a shitty attitude, everybody who works for you is going to hate that. And then they're going to have a shitty attitude. And it's this, Domino effect. So for me, I'm all about it. Uh, I think you see that a good amount. And shit, if you date me, you definitely see it a lot because it's a lot of, well, that restaurant looks good. Let's go. You know, let's just like screw it. I don't need to check the reviews. Like they're open. There's gonna be something on the menu that I like. And even if there's something that I don't like, or if there's if it's all stuff that I don't like, I'm gonna try something new. So in my mind, there's no huge downside. But for you, Alex, you are on like the disc and personality profile, the opposite of me. You're a little bit more calculated um, and not cautious, but cautious. So when you think of taking imperfect action or speed over perfection or, you know, jumping in there and then thinking second, how do you feel about it and how do you
1: naturally gravitate or deviate from that? Naturally, I'm afraid of rejection. So that comes with the not taking imperfect action because I could fail. And it's not that I realize that failing is like a good way to learn and grow, but it's that to protect yourself from that rejection, from that failure. Um, so for me, it's it's like, like you said, like going to a new restaurant. You know, not that I wouldn't go to try a new restaurant, but I, in my mind is why everyone a good thing where I know Chick fil A is consistency. I know what I like there or, you know, you know, good burger joint down the block. I love their burgers, so why would I go choose a new place if I already like their? You know what I mean? So it's almost like the fear of not having a good experience, and you know, kind of being like sad almost. You know, like I don't, I don't, I try to deflect all those bad experiences and just have good experiences. So that's kind of that's kind of maybe a fault of mine to that wouldn't I wouldn't take imperfect perfect action on stuff. So
0: uh, the the most common personality on the, on the Enneagram test, which is what everybody is now going through with us um, is uh six type six and what type six effectively is, this is your, um, your classic devil's advocate person. Well, we could go there. Yeah. But like, what if we don't like it? Okay. Well, you know, you could build a new website. Yeah. But like, what if it doesn't produce a billion leads? Well, you could do this. Yeah. But so it's, it's the idea of loss aversion is that, uh the most common trend or the most common personality trait in the u s is those that are are very risk and loss averse because you know yes, you could put some money in the stock market, it could go way up, but you'd also lose that money, and not losing that money is better than potentially making multiple like iterations of that money. So that's what I find a lot of people do is is they get in their own habits, kind of like what you're saying with Chick-fil-A. Why would I try something new when well, I know Chick-fil-A is right up there? And it's these contractors and business owners, I'll see a lot of them where they um, they do one of two things. Either one, you hit on it at the beginning, they wait for the perfect time. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, I talked to one of my buddies, he's, he's 15 years older than me. Um, and he was asking me like, when are you going to get engaged? And I was like, oh, I'm just waiting for the perfect time. And he was like, when is that? I was like, well, I guess when work slows down and, and her work slows down a little bit. But in reality, I mean, Alex, you work here. When is work going to start slowing down for us? No idea. Might not right. Work. Right now, it's, it's ramping up, if anything. So how can I sit here and say that? And then Audrey's in the same boat. Like, she has no control. She works in finance. She has no control over that. So when is the right time? There's There's no perfect time. So. Yeah. It's, you know, it's that idea of, well, I'm waiting for this or, oh, I'm waiting for that or, oh, I'm busy right now. But a lot of the inaction, the consequences of that are huge. You know, we deal with contractors that say, well, I want to wait until the slow season to um, build my website. I'm like, okay, great. What's what's the best part of your company? Why do people hire you? And they say, people love us and people love the product we put in. Well, when we build this thing in the wintertime in your slow season, and you don't have the ability to take pictures of projects on the spot. You don't have the top two selling tools for you. You don't have a bunch of pictures of you out working and professional shots of you. And you don't have projects that you're finishing like before and afters, which make the website go way better because you wanted to wait for the right time for you where you could dedicate It's in total like two hours for the entire process, but they think it's going to be this huge thing and they can't take the time for it and this and that. And I'm like, bro, I see what you post on Facebook. You post several times a day about shit that's totally irrelevant to anything that you're doing. So you're waiting for this perfect time. But what you don't realize is when you think it's the perfect time, it's actually the opposite. It's actually one of the worst times for you to do it because now you're stuck. Now you don't have all this shit in place. So. That's kind of what I find is the the timing of it
1: is messed up. Yeah, and also like when you think it's that perfect time, as soon as one thing kind of goes off the tracks, you're already like, ah, this is stupid. I just shouldn't do it. It's not the right time then. And you convince yourself, you talk yourself out of it. When like when instead of going just into something, knowing ah, you know, I might screw up along the way. There might be some hiccups. When the hiccups arrive, because they're inevitable, your first time especially. Like all right, it's just part of the learning experience now I know how not to do that, and you're not you're gonna get that full experience the second time you're you're there and you know another thing I want to touch on is like if you're that person that's kind of you know hesitant to jump right in, you know maybe try like if you're you know take a picture of your pond, maybe take a picture of your pond in your backyard where there's nobody really around, you're comfortable in your spot, you're not really you your home at night anyway, so you might as well do it and you get to practice, you get to like it, and you're still jumping in, you can still use it on your website, but like Maybe you're not, you know, you're building up your confidence a little bit to be like, you know what, screw it, let's just go to a client's house. You know, going, jumping in cold turkey is probably, I think, the biggest fear for a lot of people. And, you know, while you should do that, you know, a little practice and maybe it's a little bit more of a comfort zone thing, like pushing it a little bit further and creeping in there is also not a bad idea. You can build up to it. You yeah. don't have
0: to, you know, with a lot of stuff, you can dip your toe in, but what the problem is, is a lot of people wait for the perfect time they wait for well i can't start video because all i have is an iphone what what do you mean like wait what can you what do you mean you can't like you're seeing stuff all over the news shot with iphones like yeah this you literally yes you can or you know well uh this is just not the right project because we have a better one coming up we'll shoot this one so there's this this whole like daily affirmation idea where and i and that was part of the millionaire. Uh, habits book that I, that was my biggest take. Well, there's a few different takeaways, but that was one of the biggest ones was if you have affirmations, instead of saying I'm a magnet for money, which is like a very common one. I'm a magnet for money. Like what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, what does that mean? Like, yeah. Like if you went to somebody random and said, I'm a magnet for money, like, what does that mean? But if you switched it, and you made it something that you can control. I do the tasks that cause money to flow my way. Well, now that's, that's something because I'm a magnet for, magnet for money is the result. That's the end goal. But if you say stuff like, I have that shit written down where it's like, I could say, I make money or I could say, I call every lead back because that does this. And it's like, I'm I'm going after the cause of it versus the effect and everybody waits for the effect. Everybody waits for, you know, I get a lot of leads. Well, what does that mean? Versus I, uh, I, I I do a Facebook live twice a week to generate leads. So it's like, that's something that you can control.
1: Yeah. It maps it, maps it out easier. Like if you just say I generate leads, it's like, well, there's like 50 million ways you can generate leads. So like it kind of like, you know, gets your brain all jumbled. But if you say, yeah, you made two Facebook lives, it helps you organize too. And it's like, all right, well, if that one day doesn't work, then we know Facebook lives are done. We got to move on to something yeah. else. It's an organization thing to me, I think too. Yeah. The, the,
0: the waiting for the perfect time is always, it's always, it's never gonna be the perfect time. You're never going to do it. And half the people out there, I really think they're just waiting for somebody to say, look, get your head out of your ass. Let's go. Like, I think that's really, cause like that's what, a lot of times I like, will talk to a contractor that's like wavering on a website and I'm like, look, I, I gotta be frank with you. It sounds like you want me to tell you just to pull the trigger and rip the bandit off right now, but you don't want to say it yourself. Am I off? And they're like, no, that's right. And I'm like, all right, look, pull it, pull the bandit off. Let's go because you've been doing this business the same way for 10 years. And after 10 years of running your business, you are still not happy. So what got you here, if you don't change right now, what's going to, what's going to be different about the next 10 years. So it's these habits that we form that cause us. And that's, that's the biggest thing I see is, Oh, this is great. I got to think about it. I'm like, think about what, like, you know, what is going on in your head. Are you really going to go back and like run the numbers or like, What is like? Do you want to grow or do you want to just stay the same and just keep reading about stuff and keep posting about what's going on online or do you actually
1: want to build a business that you keep dreaming of? Yeah. I think a lot of people, they're just like, they see that and part of them loves to complain like, oh, my business will never get like that because that's their afraid to fail thing. That's their comfort zone knowing that if I just say, Oh, that would never be me because they have this, this, and this, and I don't. It's like that's their excuse to fail, basically. So just jumping heads on into it and like being like, I tried, it didn't work. So we're going to try a different strategy. You know, there's nothing wrong with failing it. You're going to fail. Like something's going to go wrong. Like, especially if you say you're shooting your first video, you're going to forget to press record on one of your things or you're going to mess up talking. But, you know, if you're a perfectionist like that, it just doesn't work. You have to be, you know, it's kind of speed over perfection. You just kind of got to do it, and it'll come out. It'll come out shitty, but the second time will come out better. The third time, it'll come out even better. It'll just grow on that. So the way that my dad started the pond company was he.
0: Um, I'll try to make this kind of a brief story, but it kind of it, it ties into all this. So um, he had a pool company. He ran that for I think twenty years. Did very well with it. Sold it in ninety six or ninety seven, um, and then in 01. Dot com bubble happened. Uh, He lost seventy five percent of his money in the stock market. So now he's got a family and four kids who are young. Um, I think my sister was like eleven at the time, as the oldest. He's got to now go back and get a job. He can't be retired at you know thirty six or thirty seven or whatever he was. Thirty nine, I think, is what it was. Um, So he has to go back and get a job. So he. Uh, one of his buddies who actually used to work for him in the pool business uh, still worked for the same company, but did had like an offshoot department um, of building these backyard ponds. So the guy, Doug said, Steve, why don't you come out here and do it and see if you like it? Well, he built his first pond and he built it um, and finished it on September 12th, 2001. So he said it was, and if you... Or a pond builder out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Is when you turn the waterfall on, and you see the emotion that overcomes the person when they see the water running for the first time. It's like it's life changing. It's the most like calming, peaceful thing that you got. So he builds this pond. He he finishes it, and he's just sitting there having this fantastic conversation with he. And it's still. I asked him the other day. I said, "Who is your, who's your, who's the client that got the most emotional?" Ever. And he said it was the very first one. There was no planes in the sky. It was completely silent. We turned the waterfall on and then uh, a cardinal flew in and just started sitting in the, uh, flapping around in the waterfall. And he was like, that is when I knew because this connection that her and I had, that is when I knew this is what I needed to do. Well, fast forward, I think like a week or two, he'd only built one and he had somebody literally show him every single step. Well, fast forward, he had, um, a uh rock yard kind of a quarry but more of just like it you go out there pick up stone and pallets of stone and stuff like that call him um he went over there and they said oh wow uh, i see you're a pond guy we're waiting you know our old pond guy we're waiting for him to redo the display pond that's in the front yard would you be willing to do it and if you redo it to make it look nice in turn we will make you our dedicated pond guy so he goes Uh, yeah, sure. And like, great. We need it done sooner than later. When can you start? And he's there and he's like, well, let me go home, check my calendar. I'll give you a call. Well, he literally had nothing on his calendar and he knew he had nothing on his calendar, but he didn't want to see him like, well, I can start literally tomorrow. So he goes (laughs) home and he said for a half an hour, he's just sitting there messing around, around the house, doing nothing, just trying to make it seem like he's like reworking everything. So he calls him up and he says, all right, I re, I reshuffle some stuff to get you in. Um, but I can start on Monday. And they said, okay, great. Thank you very much. We'll see you Monday. So he agrees to come on on Monday. Uh, they will pay for materials. He has to build the whole thing. So it's him and a worker. So effectively, he's working for free and he has to pay a worker, but they pay for the materials. Well, when you start a pond or you build a pond, they give you a pond kit. It's like you get your, your filter, like your waterfall, and then your skimmer, just like on a pool, it, it filters the water through. It's the whole mechanical system behind it. Well, when they deliver it to you, each one actually comes with a handbook that gives you 20 steps to building a pond. Now, mind you, he had no idea how to build a pond, yeah. but this company gave him this booklet that comes with it. So what he would do is he and his worker at the time, they would, he he would like go in his truck and he would look and open and, and he would pretend he's on his phone, taking a, a phone call. And then he would look and say okay step one is this so he would pretend to hang the phone back up walk back outside and go all right here's how step one works and they would complete step one and then he would go back and go back on his cell phone quote unquote and read step two and come back out and finish step two so he literally had no idea how to build this and the whole time he's got this instruction manual on how to do this and he's faking his way through it and then when it's all said and done the he like turns it on like having and and what happens with ponds is um You have no idea if this stuff, especially in your first few, like you don't know how to like test it throughout it really. But at the end, you have no idea if this thing is going to leak like a sieve. If you accidentally, because this is your first one, punctured a hole in the liner. So the lady comes out and they turn it on for the first time and he's holding his breath, hoping to God that this thing does not leak. It works properly and actually functions. And he turned it on and the lady was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen you know, you must be doing this for a long time. I can't believe I've never heard of you. So she is singing his praises and he's sweating his ass off, hoping that everything just is good. And it worked out well, but what he very easily could have done. And the reason I bring that story up is he very easily could have said, well, I actually just started, let me get a few under my belt and we'll go from there. Or, you know, actually I don't feel comfortable doing this. I don't know how to do it, you know, this and that, but like, a lot of us we 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 will put ourselves in these situations i mean if you own a business you are naturally a problem solver yet what we all fall victim to is we only like to solve problems that we're completely comfortable with and that we've already solved before we don't put ourselves in these scenarios where we go well i will figure it out and that's a big problem because how do you get somewhere new if you never try something new that was what happened in uh that in the fall of last year as i hired on melissa and laura not really having enough work for them same with you alex and then lo and behold as soon as we hire you guys guess what happens the work somehow comes in because we figure out we've got a couple people sitting around with nothing to do they're getting trained up let me bring in more work and it just happens
1: yeah yeah When are you saying that story the two things really like stood out to me it was uh you know September thousand one. That seems like the worst possible day to start anything. To anything. And it turned out that it was the best possible day because there was no planes in the sky and you could hear and you could see a cardinal drop right in front, right on the pond. And it's like, that turned out to be the perfect day to build your first pond. And then when he's building the, the next pond and had no idea that it was going to, you know, even if the water was even going to have like down a slope, basically, it turned out to be another great day. And it was like, just like you said, if you didn't just jump right in and, and just go for it, and if, if you've never had a pond before, and someone builds you a pond, ninety-five percent of the time, it's probably they're going to be like it's amazing because they've never had a pond before, and it's a yeah. total upgrade from their sod or dirt backyard they just had. So it, it's that part where you have to take a step back and realize a situation that's like, are they actually going to know? Like, are they actually going to realize? Like, you know, probably not. So let's just go for it, jump head on. And and the
0: thing with the pond is I didn't. Even- say this part but we'll talk about bad timing um so september 12 2001 he starts it and everybody goes you're crazy the economy because the economy took a uh stock market took a, a bit of a dip as you can imagine because of it well guess what happens for the next year nobody's everybody's nervous to fly but everybody's got all this money saved up so what do they do instead they put it into their homes yeah. so guess what is a good thing to put in your home is a pond so his business Took off right from the get-go, when everybody said you're crazy for doing it. Now, 2008 happens. What does he do? He puts more money into marketing and advertising. When everybody else pulls money back to save and get nervous about everything, he doubled down. Well, because think about it: who who would spend extra money to put a pond in their home? Like nobody rational, because that's not a need. You you really yeah. during these times you really dip back into well. I just need you know four walls and a roof over my head and food for my family, and that's all I'm going to spend money on. I'm going to hoard cash, but that's not the case. So all these other pond people that did that in the area, they just either stayed the same or they started to dip back down because they're not proactively growing. Well, he did the opposite, and he grew 08, 09, 2010 during the, you know, the Great Recession, which is not yeah. the recession. It's the Great Recession. It lasted forever during this time, a pandemic across the world. What do they do? We ramped up their advertising because they've done this before, and guess what? They're currently up a quarter million dollars year over year from last year, and last year was the best year they ever had. So to then be ahead by like I think it's twelve and a half percent during a world crisis, it just shows you that not every not the stars don't have to be aligned. You generally, if as long as like two are aligned, put yourself in that situation. And the rest will work itself out. It always does because when your back is against the wall, and it's not even that case, but when you make that, when you take these leaps and bounds, you will figure a way to figure this shit out. And if you're always waiting for the perfect moment, I can't tell you how many contractors I see that constantly post in these Facebook groups saying, hey, what about this marketing company? Hey, what about this one? And I'm like, bro, you have been asking about this for 18 months now. You 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 should not be in business. Like you were too scared to make a single move. Yeah. That you should just get out because you're going to be running the. You're going to have the same revenue, maybe go up a tiny bit because of inflation over the next twenty years, and that is not the way to go. Get out of the way. Stop taking PPP's money from the people that actually want to use it for the right stuff, and just go away.
1: Yeah, I, I think a big characteristic you need when you when you talk about taking imperfect action is the ability to step back and decompress from what's going on. So like right now is a good time, like not even technically in your business, but just in the world, there's a lot of stuff going on. So as a business owner, like, you know, put your dad, for example, like what he's done the past two kind of similar situations as this is take a step back and realize I need to double down. And that's, that's a sign of a good business owner. That's has a sign of someone who's not afraid to take imperfect action. So I think that's the ability to step back and just, Look at the cards and be like, I'm a pond builder. People aren't going to go on vacations. Flights are are cheap for a reason because no one's flying. You know, I'm in a perfect spot because people are going to call me up because they want a pond. They're going to spend more time at home. They're going to remodel their house because where's this money going? Where's all that income going that they they don't have? Because they're going back to work now. So they're going to want to spend it eventually. It's that ability to just completely analyze the situation and take, take yourself out of it is a huge characteristic of imperfect action. Yeah. I, I think this year
0: I've spent so far about $40,000 on uh, like programs and and consulting and stuff like that. So yeah. $40,000 and you're like, this is, that's like, you know, that's a lot of money, you know, halfway through the year. We're not that big of a company, but I believe so heavily in it because I've, I've only ever bought into one program or one product or one, this, that I didn't, I didn't get mo- like 10 times more value out of it than I thought. And yeah. lo and behold, the biggest thing that, you know, one of the biggest things that we spent money into is a $24,000 program. That was 2 months ago, and at this point our revenue for the month will go up about 35 grand compared to where we were 2 months ago, and it's a lot uh it, it's not directly because like 100% because of that, but it's like you know it it's aligning myself as a small fish in a big pond. Me just putting myself out there and saying, Screw it, let's do it, let's make it happen. And that's like how this shit works. Um, I mean, you got Rock JD Rockefeller, uh, Standard Oil like before Bezos, actually, I think still one like the richest American in the world. That dude would just literally like the way that he started, he was a bookkeeper. He would go around from uh business to business saying, Hey, I know bookkeeping. Will you take me on? And everybody yeah. said, No because he was young and he, he kind of knew it, but then he like positions himself in a way that he's now able to learn it, able to progress up. And he made, you know, he's stepping into these big companies when he's 16 years old and trying to figure this shit out. And he doesn't have all the tools. He doesn't have all the resources where if something goes wrong, he just knows, but he knows he will, he'll be able to figure it out. And he died with like $350 billion to his name.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that they, the Rockefellers, they, they don't even know how much they have. Like that's, that they like that's how rich we are that we have no idea what we we were
0: yeah i mean they yes it's it was so i mean you think about like some of the biggest companies now exxon marathon like those are gas gas and oil companies now that derived from standard oil and when standard oil broke up because they were a monopoly they broke up in like 31 companies so imagine you started a company. And they broke it into 31 pieces or 35 pieces or whatever it is. And some of those pieces are still some of the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like Exxon, like, Mongol, yeah. That, that's how big they were. But it was all the fact that they just they just make it happen and they put themselves in these situations. But everybody's so afraid. And you got to be smart about it. I'm not saying like, yeah, you know, it. like take a massive. Yeah, because like, there's are still like, I still have mouths to feed. Like, you know, you guys. And myself, we're all dependent on money still coming in. So I can't totally just say, screw it, we're gonna totally shift, we're getting rid of every client, you know, everybody suck it up for the next six months. I can't do that. But uh like, you know, I, I talked to a dude a couple like a month ago, and it was for like a basic website, it was like seven grand, and he was like, Well, what if it doesn't work? I could lose seven thousand dollars on this. And I'm like, Yeah, but what if, god forbid, it does work like it works for every other client we've ever worked with. And it makes you way more than that money. Yeah, I just I just can't justify it. And I'm like, well, this is why you've been stuck. And if this is how you make decisions, then I'm not gonna try to change your mentality. So you do you, but I now see like this, and I I see this all the time with people where you know, hey, we should do this. Like, yeah, I want to wait. I'm just like, if you wait, that's fine. But this shows me a lot about your personality and my impulsiveness for as there's been a lot of times it's gotten me into trouble. It's also a lot of times it's put me into the right place at the right time to then springboard my business, myself, my social scene, whatever it is, just because I say yes to a lot more things. And that's something I've also heard is that when you're under a million dollars in business, you say you need to say yes. Or, or the problem with getting to a million is you don't say yes enough. And the problem with getting past a million is you don't say no enough.
1: Yeah. This is like the perfect time to reinvent yourself. And I'm not saying like, oh, a pawn builder, let me go to be a painter now because, you know, the pond business wasn't as best as I thought it was. It's reinvent yourself in ways in your company that you didn't you didn't like or you want to change or you want to grow it or you want to take risks in. And like a website and your marketing, like investing in that, that's a good way to do it. It's, it's uh you know, it's probably, you know, probably right now it's probably picking up for you, but you know, I'm talking about like a month and a half ago. Now that guy's probably out in the field. Everyone was still quarantined. So it was a great opportunity to be like, yeah, let me I'm gonna reinvent myself in this way. I, you hear it a lot in sports too. Like guys are gonna reinvent the way they're playing because they're not playing, so they have all this time off. But it works for every business too.
0: I mean, think about like in you know, in um in football, right? Let's just take that for example. There's a, like the wizards right now, or basketball. The wizards right now are still holding out hope that there are two stars between John Wall and Bradley Beale. There's somehow going to be a team, and it's just like they're paid way too much money that they're never going to have a supporting cast. So rebuild. Just say screw it, rip the bandaid off because right now it's this sunk cost fallacy of well, we have already invested so much time and energy into these two guys. We think they're our guys, but even if we got like the best surrounding cast and like everybody like took all the good players took pay cuts, we may get to like the semifinals of the Eastern Conference. Like maybe. We're not winning a championship. We're not taking over any of the LA teams. Like it's just not going to happen. So what are we fighting for? Are we just fighting to get fans back in the seats or are we going to say, screw it. We're going to totally get rid of our top two stars and just rebuild, reinvent and restart. Yeah. I
1: mean, that's, that's the difference in some teams. Some teams just want to fill the seats and they just want to make a profit. and Don't really care about the outcome. And some teams like you want to put, you know, the Lakers, the Yankees, all these top, you know, worth teams, it's because they're good. They they care about winning and the fan base cares about winning. You know, like the pirates are a big example. They, they will never, their ownership will never spend any money on any new players. They will just take yep. what they got and that's it. So, I mean, it's your same business. If you just want to take what you got right now and not spend the seven grand on a website because you think it's too much of a risk, then that's you. But seven grand could turn into 170 grand real quick. And very quick, you know, But they don't see it that way. They see it as you step over dollars
0: to save nickels. And they see it all the time. You see it in the CSA. You see it in contract. You see it in all small businesses. And those businesses that are doing okay during quarantine are those that saw this principle early on, took those risks. Because all you really need is one or two of these quote-unquote risks, which they're actually not that risky, to
1: pay off, and you're golden. I mean, you're a business owner. Like, How many times have you made a decision that's backfired on? And I think it's inevitable. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things that you do and it doesn't work. Um, but not, I mean, it's not like I, I haven't, I've not made a decision yet as
1: you will see that shut the company down. And then like, and like the yeah, you made that good. Like that feeling must have outweighed the bad by tenfold and the results must have outweighed it tenfold. You know what I mean? It's not fun
0: growing. 5% every year. Hmm. Like, that's not, I don't think people get into business for that. Like, I think people get into business because they like the freedom, but like, just to pretty much make the same income, like every single year, not be able to hire anybody new, not be able to create wealth for your family, that's got to suck after a while because nobody starts that. I mean, it's like, that's like if you started, uh, you know, you started working for somebody, if you didn't get pay raises, that would suck. So, yeah. But you can't you can't get somewhere new without trying something new, and there's very few times that you'll make a decision and it will totally backfire as big as it does because literally like the enemy of progress is inaction. So I think that's yeah. why we're we're doing all right is because we we just keep it's not like we're sticking and moving. It's the fact that we're just we're positioning ourselves in different ways. The stimulus update stuff on YouTube that we're doing. You know, we very easily could have just not done it, and we just said, "Screw it, we don't." You know, we're not experts in this field, but let's just start making YouTube videos on that. And last month, you know, YouTube paid us seventeen thousand dollars
1: because we were just updating the people. Yeah, that's a great way of like reinventing ourselves, and like yeah. it's not, it's not a permanent like fix, but like for the time being, we reinvented our channel, being like, let's just do stimulus updates every day, and look what it grew to. You know what I mean? So that was that was a risk that could have been. Oh, nothing like didn't work. But look at the result. Like you said, we made 17 grand on it. So it's like,
0: yeah, and now we can, we can shift because we have the client base where it's not just, you know, contractors looking for marketing. Now we can talk more about, you know, being smart with money and finance and stuff. And that grows because that's more of a movement. So contractors who are also smart about money and and want to like find other ways to like help their people with 401ks and stuff like that, which is like the type of client that we want to interact more with. Because they're the yeah. ones that actually believe in running legit business, they're going to find this channel, and now we're golden. Instead of just the people that want to come there and just learn quick hacks on how to get more viewers on a Facebook Live, because that's tactics. This is more of an overall strategy and foundation. So, and now we have the ability to pivot because we just said, screw it, we're going to start doing this, and you know, we got quick cash, which is always nice. And the flip side, now we have a following. We went from, you know, two months ago we had 350 YouTube subscribers and now we're knocking on twenty thousand. so it's crazy just one decision and that that's what can happen in one month that was it so we good yeah i'm good all right everyone thank you very much do us a favor leave us a review like it it, the our podcast is starting to slow down a little bit and part of it is i think people are driving less but it also could be the fact that you know we're bringing on more guests or maybe the topics that we are doing are, are sucking i don't know so Do us a favor, if you don't mind, leave a review because it really does help us out and let us know how we're doing and lets everybody else know how we're doing as well. Thank you very much.